You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions Inc., the Google Ads agency. This is really interesting, y'all. So first of all, shout out to my boy, Michael Nadelin, for bringing this to my attention. Really smart Google Ads guy. I've got a video interview with him on our channel you can go watch. So he sent me this article and really interesting information. The first thing that I'll say is I trust nothing that Jenny Marvin says. And it's not because I dislike Jenny Marvin. I'm sure she's brilliant and kind and empathic and awesome. And, you know, if we sat down over drinks or whatever, we'd be quick, fast friends. The problem is she's, she's just, you know, she's Matt Cutts all over again. Think about Google as a company that creates safes, right? And we're all amateur safe crackers. <laughs> and they're trying to help us learn how to crack the safe. Like there's no way that what they say could be aligned with our interests. Now, they still want us to use the safe, but they want us to use it their way. And we still want to use the safe, but we want to use it our way. So anytime you get information that, you know, directly from Google's mouthpiece, you, you need to filter that information accordingly. I think this is one of the things that people have done really wrong. As a matter of fact, I think this is why performance max adoption has been so low because people follow Google's instructions. The benefit we have is I've got John Moran. John Moran follows nobody's instructions. He takes the tool out of the toolbox, he throws the instructions away, and then he tests it his own way in a multivariate fashion based off of what he knows about Google Ads. It's the reason that he's been so successful. And interestingly, Google, an advanced team at Google reached out and asked John if they would talk to him about how he uses Performance Max. And he was like, dude, you guys built the damn thing. But it, it kind of goes to show you there's a, there's a massive difference between, you know, building a guitar and knowing how to play guitar to steal Ryan Dice's analogy. So not trying to bash Jenny Marvin or, or, you know, the, 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 or even Google ads, just it's important for you to keep in mind from a paradigm perspective that there's, there's diametrically opposed interests at play here. Anytime you're accepting this information, you have to filter the information accordingly. So here's how the conversation went. Kirk Williams, PPC Kirk asking what are audience signals? How do they work? What's the deal? Uh, which is great. It's a good question. Good job, Kirk. And then Jenny goes on to say that audience signals indicate what you know about your most valuable customers. So first party data took me a really long time, by the way, to figure out what 1P data meant. <laughs> Custom segments are used as starting points to speed up the machine learning's ability to find similar and new converting customers. This video might be helpful. This video is not helpful at all. And then Kirk has an issue and his issue is the asset to audience matching. And by the way, Kirk is probably a billion times smarter than I am. So I'm not trying to go to war with you, Kirk. I'm so, so sorry, but respectfully disagree with this paradigm. Here's the problem is if it's if performance max is the very first goal oriented campaign type ever in the history of digital marketing. And you can come to me and say, well, no, we've had conversion optimization for a long, long time. The problem with conversion optimization is it runs the campaign the way that you've built it and then reconciles against this goal. Performance max has the goal first and goes out and tries to accomplish the goal with the audience, the assets, the pages that you provided. It's a totally different paradigm. If the performance is there, then the assets are working and you have market message fit. So you're thinking about this in old school ways. I, I think that the mental map here needs to be revised. And to add to that and to kind of prove out the theory or the thesis rather, Google's giving you insights as to what's working and what's not working benchmarked against your baseline. So the example that I've offered in a different video, which just blew me away, it was so, so cool. We have a client that sells shelf-stable foods. And they were targeting preppers, basically, to, you know, summarize. And Google came out and said, hey, by the way, boating and sailing enthusiasts are performing really well. As a matter of fact, better. Which made all the sense in the world. Because, of course, boating and sailing enthusiasts would want shelf-stable foods. I never would have thought about that. 
Now, maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe you're more creative than I am. Fine. I promise you there are audiences that you're never going to think about until Google spoon feeds you those audiences. Once you've been spoon fed the audience, then go create new assets for that audience and create a whole new asset group. But to be overly concerned about your market message fit, you don't understand the way that performance match is functioning. And I think it puts you at a massive, massive disadvantage. So I wouldn't worry about this at all, quite literally at all. Like create the assets that work well for the audiences that you're targeting. Let Google go out, do its thing. And if the performance is there, you know it's working. And then Google will tell you via the insights, hey, here are the other audiences that we're targeting. And then you create an asset group for that audience. And then Google now knows, oh, I have these assets for these, these audiences. And if algorithmically the assets outperform the assets for audience A outperform the assets for audience B, then Google will continue to use that. If they don't, then Google has the flexibility. We have a trillion dollar AI mechanism. Stop trying to outsmart it. So a couple of notes. Jenny says, yes, signals used to jumpstart only. There's no way this is true. It's hard to prove to people that you have an opinion when later on somebody else has voiced that opinion near the second to market. So there's an article that goes on to say that Google clarified, but had I seen this in a silo, there's no way this is true. This is, this seems to be something that is, is an ongoing uh, calibration. And you can see that specifically in e-commerce. And here's why I know that when you add a new audience signal, a, and I, you know, it's, we've got campaigns now that have been running for 90 plus days. When you add a new audience signal, it gives the campaign the ability to make a departure that it wasn't making prior to. So if the audience signals were jumpstarting only, then you'd see far more, far more expansion. And because performance max is performance-based, I understand why the expansion isn't there. So I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying that this is wrong. Um, they don't limit ads to the audiences. That's obviously correct. And that's great. It's what makes performance max so, so cool. Aim is to find the most conversion to conversion value. This is a lie. This is a bold faced freaking lie. There's no way that's true. There's no way that's true. Google's aim is and has to be to maximize the value of their inventory. I will accept no other, dude, you could, it's, they could chopper me down to Mountain View and have a triple PhD software engineer show me the code and I wouldn't understand it. Somebody would have to explain it to me in crayon. And I still wouldn't believe that Google's aim is to do anything other than maximize the value of their inventory. And it's important for you to know that because it limits what it is that you're willing to give Google, how you function with Google, how you treat your competitive market. If Google has five, whatever, people selling shelf-stable foods, if they truly allow the Pareto distribution to take place, they make less money because 20% of your advertisers are going to take 80% of the, the, the traffic in, in the most efficient way. Whereas if they spread that traffic around and across their advertisers in a more egalitarian manner, <laughs> God forbid, they maximize the value of their inventory in a way that forces advertisers to pay more money and keeps more advertisers engaged. Because in the Pareto distribution, the 80% of advertisers are getting 20% of the traffic, they fall off. They fall off, which isn't what we see in Google Ads. So I realized that maybe this is overly philosophical. And I'm actually not going to apologize for it because it, you have to think about this. If you don't think about it, you're going to be at a disadvantage all the time. You're going to trust Google too much and you're going to feed it more data than it should be fed, which is, it's starting to get really interesting too, to see how it is that we balance those risks, just as far as like what Google can see in terms of our lifetime value. The really interesting example that I'll offer is the fact that you we're not getting two and three dollar CPLs out of Google shows that they've they've protected their inventory and are still continuing to to attempt to maximize it. Like Facebook, we used to be able to get two and three dollar CPLs. Google's exponentially bigger. Truly, I mean, 
the amount of Google traffic and Facebook traffic, it, it pales in comparison when you see the, the graphs. There's this really cool infographic actually that shows like in circles, the size of Google and the size of Facebook. If I, if I can find it in my slides, I'll share it as a link in the description here. Um, so Google has way more traffic with way better targeting and yet Facebook was giving better CPLs just because Facebook didn't have, to my knowledge, minimum viable requirements for cost of traffic. Google does as a stated fact, it's in Google's help documentation. They I forget when it was that they implemented it, but you'll notice this if you've ever run in a market or an ecosystem where there's zero competition, your CPCs are still at a minimum threshold. They don't, they're not free. They're not a penny a click. There's zero competition and yet you don't have penny click CPCs. And it's because Google A requires minimum thresholds. It actually makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. I would want to do something really similar. I'd probably make the mistake first before I did, but you want to make sure that the information that your user base is being exposed to is of a, of a specific standard A and then B, those advertisers are paying a certain amount of money uh, just for the luxury of, of being involved. But it also helps maximize the value of the inventory. And Google's playing the long game because it would make a lot of sense actually in the short term just to, you know, nobody's buying this inventory up anyway. Why don't I make this more accessible to more advertisers? They're playing the long game. They're looking to maximize the value of their inventory. And Performance Max allows them to maximize the value of inventory that as of yet has been almost completely untapped. And if anybody tells me otherwise, I dare you to show me People that are using the Google Display Network in mass, in mass, in mass. I know that there's folks out there that have cracked the code and they've, they've made it work, but there's nobody, and I know that because the educators aren't there. Nobody's selling the courses. You, nobody's doing the info product bullshit on, on, on GDN because Google up until this point has kept it. They've, they've, they've inhibited your ability to use interest-based segmentation in a way that would allow us to maximize the value of the Google Display Network. And they, I think they did that because they wanted to avoid the congressional hearing, the privacy concerns. Facebook took all those bullets and now Google's saying, hey, here's, here are these interests, but they're polite suggestions and it's across all of our inventory. So it's hard for people to figure out, you know, you can't reverse engineer the way that Google's functioning. So, you know, the Google Display Network has to be 95% of Google's inventory. I don't know that for a fact, it's a guess. And Performance Max is now going to, is now going to allow Google to maximize the value of inventory. And they're doing it to your detriment and it's at your disadvantage. So forgive the departure and the tangent, but I, I just feel like that's so important for us to understand. I feel like that's so important. Google is not trying to find the most conversion and conversion value, at least not as a primary aim. That's a secondary aim. The primary aim is to maximize the value of their inventory. And that's important for you to know because it's going to help you compete. Add assets for high value audiences. So when more audiences are given to you in insights, create more assets. Great. Use audience insights to see top segments to inform assets and landing pages. I don't know that I, I'll stay off the squeeze page thing for just a second. So in the article, search engine land goes on to say, I get a compliment search engine land, by the way, they used to be like kind of shitty. I used to not be a fan of their content and somewhere the editorial, uh, standards just seem to go up. So well done. Google, however, added additional context, including them early in the campaign lifecycle can be useful, of course, but this is the thing that I was calling BS on. They will continue to inform our systems over the campaign lifecycle, especially as first party data in particular is updated. That's an interesting note that's worth playing with. So as you get more purchasers or more anything like insert event here, start loading that up into performance max and see how it, how it forms. What was the other thing that I thought was really interesting? So this is where search engine land starts to get more expansive. How do we handle multiple audience signals? Are we creating multiple campaigns? Now, multiple campaigns and performance max can be dangerous because the campaign that gets the click gets the remarketing. And so if you have products or services that should cross pollinate and you have multiple campaigns marketing those products or services, you're not going to see that cross pollination. So 
It's, it, this is an interesting discussion, but it's one that I would caution everybody against until we learn more about how performance max is really going to work. Also, what the hell is ML? Oh, machine learning costing you bozo. Well, why do you abbreviate it then? ML will also uh, be able to quickly figure out which of the audience signals you provide are the most predictive of conversions at your target CPA or OS. Did it say anything else here? What happens if the audience signal is switched? This is the part that I thought was so, so interesting. This reminds me of the Facebook pixel. So the Facebook pixel, especially if you were targeting the same audience, it would, it would, it would age. It reminded me, my mom used to have this cutting board and it was this really interesting cutting board that would take the taste of anything that you cut on it. And then the next thing that you cut on it would also be blended into the taste. And then so on, like you'd, you'd end up with like, you couldn't get a dish to taste correct unless you use that cutting board because there were all of these, like this medley of flavors. And she was really restrictive about what we cut on the cutting board because you didn't want to add that taste to the cutting board. That's probably a horrible example. I'm sure there's a better one. But the Facebook pixel was the same way. The more conversions that went through that pixel, the better that pixel got. So you could run the exact same campaign to the exact same audience, to the exact same targeting, everything, assets, funnels. And yet, if it had a brand new pixel or a different pixel, it wouldn't perform as well, which I had to be convinced of by a buddy of mine, actually, Pedro Adeo, the challenge guy. We were running his traffic for a long time. We're still running some of his traffic, actually. And he was telling me the importance of the pixel. I just didn't buy it. But he, we proved that out pretty definitively. We're going to see the same thing inside of Performance Max. Even if you change the audience signals or potentially wipe the audience signals, according to Google, existing learnings will continue to be taken into consideration. This means the change of an audience signal will not reset learnings back to zero. Rather, it will be another data set in consideration along with existing campaign learnings. This is actually kind of dangerous because it means that if you have a poor... No. What does it mean? It means that if I was about to say, if you have a poor performing campaign, but who gives a shit because it's goal-based. So that was me thinking improperly. This means that if you have a, if you have a good performing campaign, but you've changed something fundamental about your business, your offer, your product, your service, uh, your value proposition, that the tenured data could put you at a disadvantage because Google's going to assume that something's going to work where, Although nothing digitally changed, something in the analog world changed, it will no longer work. And that means you have to roll up a whole new, I don't know what at that point. Like where does, is it account level? Is it conversion level? I bet you it's conversion level. It's probably conversion action sets. Um, that would have to be the case. So maybe you just create new conversion action sets. That would have to be the case because it's goal-based. So if something fundamental changes, then you'd want a new conversion action set. So for instance, one of the things that we did at our agency our minimum ad spend used to be $3,000. You have to spend $3,000 a month or more to come work with Solutions 8. Now it's $10,000. We'll still take people sub 10 in our incubator program, but you have to apply and have to know that you're easy to work with. Because of that fundamental change, I need a new conversion action. I can't just, and I, I don't have one actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh God, we have to go change something. But I told Google for years, really, who is a good lead? And Google's been optimizing towards those leads. So even though I have a new campaign type with new messaging and new ads, the conversion action set is still filling out the same damn form. And so now I need to go tell Google who a better lead is, which is really interesting to, to take into consideration. Well, good job, Greg, Finn. I don't know who you are. Um, director of marketing at Cypress North. So this is, I think this is well, not just documented, but you know, there's also like some additional context that's, that's worthy of mention. Sorry if you felt that I bashed you, Kirk Williams, Jenny Marvin, you and I are always going to be on you know, red team, blue team, but I'd love to have you on the channel. If you ever see one of these, I think that'd be a really interesting conversation. And for the rest of you, y'all performance max is the future. It is 
it is the biggest shift in paid media. And I think it will continue to be the biggest shift until AR and VR actually take, actually reach critical mass from a social integration standpoint. This is it, y'all. Like, this is like, we're seeing AI work. I, for the first time in my professional life, the computer is figuring out everything. And, and then our job is to, is to service the machine. You know, we're just HVAC repairmen, you know? I don't go in there and, and ice your forehead. I just go make sure that the AC is working. So it's a massive shift in thinking, but it's a really important one too. And I think those that, that are willing to take the plunge are going to see huge gains. I keep, I getting, I'm getting, I got a couple of messages on LinkedIn today. I'm getting messages of people now like, oh dude, holy shit, I'm using performance max. I'm using your way. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing performance I've never seen before. I was just at a, a war room mastermind and I ran into this guy who's got a, a Google ads agency for attorneys only. And he was like, dude, we're using Performance Max. I'm getting 50 cent CPCs for personal injury. And y'all, that's unheard of. It's unheard of. And he's got 350 attorneys. So he's going to have, like, no one will ever be able to compete with him again because he's going to have so much more data than anybody else has. Bill Hauser. Go check out Bill Hauser. He's the lawyer marketing guy. And this, the other thing that's really interesting is this is going to lend itself towards specialization and niche audiences because Performance Max is gonna be asset audience based, right? So asset audience goal based, but niche audiences are all gonna have the same damn goal. If they're not, they're not in the same niche. This is a long one. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation. Notice I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.